Savad, that was beautiful. Did you get what you need? Mm. So, what's the angle on your documentary again? Um, it's about sexuality. Kind of like your poem. Oh, no. My, my poem wasn't about sex. It's about the HIV-AIDS ep- epidemic and how it's running rampant throughout Africa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> no, you didn't. See, you gotta dig deeper. People like to look on the surface, like your documentary, Sex in L.A. What's it going to explore? Well, um, I want to explore sex <laughs> in L.A. <laughs> County. Not just the city, you know? (laughs) Okay. I have to tell you something. Don't tell me you're gay. (laughs) Nah, I'm not gay. (laughs) I'm celibate. You're kidding, right? I've been celibate for about five years. I, I wanted to let you know because the last woman I was involved with wasn't celibate. And, um, it got really complicated. So... If you can't handle my celibacy, I'd rather not go there. No, no. You know, um, we're going to work out great because I'm celibate. Wow. How long have you been celibate? Actually, uh, like forever because I'm a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yes. Forever. Because I'm a virgin. The con master, Lynn, from Girlfriends, (laughs) (laughs) telling a new conquest that she's a virgin so that she could get in his good graces. A mess. My girlfriend, my girlfriend. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Patrick just did the lips again. (laughs) I miss that show. I don't, I don't. Do Do the last part. My Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that was my shit. <laughs> it really was. It was an awesome show. I was. Chris Michelle was on there once. Pretty uh, sad when they announced that. Did they even announce it? No. I remember they released did, did, like one was, good it episode. It wasn't announced. It was just like it was done, cut. Like it? when Joe, they released one episode and Joe was like in Beverly Hills or something. I can't remember. Is that how it went down? I, I think so. I don't remember. I also just remember Joan saying, I'm happy for my friend! I'm happy for my friend! I was like, no, you're not, girl. Love her. What's up, y'all? Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Hung Up Podcast, where you may be celibate. <laughs> you may be a virgin. But we'll never hang up on you, because we are virgins too, okay? <laughs> I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at IAMPRYAN. I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. I'm sorry. <laughs> you better know where to find you. <laughs> find us both on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. And don't forget, you can always email us yeah. if you want to get in contact with us. Share some ideas, some thoughts, get some advice. Yeah, tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us, you know, yeah, so give us some topics, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, I'll feedback, whatever. Yes. You can send it to hunguppod at gmail.com. Yes, yes. And they can rate us, right? Oh, I think so. <laughs> yes, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and comment on our SoundCloud. We need some comments so we know if you even like what we're saying. Even though we know you do because you reach out on the Twitters, but just comment, girl. 
P. Ryan, have you, when's the last time you checked the comments on iTunes? Do we have any new ones? <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to fall silent for that awkward pause. Um, <laughs> do we, I haven't checked I'm it in a while. Now. I think we do have a new one. Okay. Yeah. Great show. Their movie reenactments are everything. Okay. That's what's up. Thanks, girl. To, to Blackhead Doc. Okay. They said they hanging. So, so, so what's up to them? Jaybird of happiness. Sometimes I feel like Eric is Barry White. Love that voice. Yeah. And we can get, we can get P. Ryan a peach. <laughs> Listen, I'm ready to call Andy. Okay. I'm so. waiting for my peach like Mama Joyce. That's what's up, y'all. Yeah. We, we appreciate that. So, yeah. Cute. How was your week, Bill? Since the last time I saw you. Well, I'm a little tired. I know you are too. But it, it was actually a really good week, though, leading up and up to now. Um, Friday night, had a few folks over to celebrate my anniversary. So, yeah. oh, I was there. That was right. Eric, you, let me tell you, y'all, were, Eric is a bad influence, y'all. Eric, oh, I was there. Had a you, bad, but a good one. You, you forgot. Ciao. Was it? Was it that? Okay. <laughs> I, I can't even. I can't tell it all. It, it was, was a, a good time. time. Oh my gosh, twins! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Twins. Um, <laughs> that was so cute. I'm I'm just glad that I, I got just enough food. It was so good, yeah. And uh, it was just enough for for everybody, and that was cool. Halloween was chill. I went to a friend's house party. Well, it wasn't really a house party, but she just invited lots of folks over. But, you know, we were also, like, giving out candy, and it was, it was a good time. We ate some dinner, and it was, just, it was just nice being around other people. You know, I, I feel like for the rest of this week, I was definitely in my, my own little, you know, I don't know. You, you just fall into those, I just want my own shit right now. I yeah. just want to be in my own space. That's real. In your own little corner. In, your in own my little own little chair. corner, and, you know. Yeah. But this weekend, I was more into connecting and being more social. Yeah. So I just, you know, shout out to all the people who make themselves available. Um, it's noticed. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Eric, you just look so cute today. I'm sorry. You're like glowing. What? This is not. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a side note. It's a total side note. Your skin looks great. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Thanks. Love it. Thanks. Yeah. Maybe it's the you sitting to yourself or like getting out there both. But I don't know. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. What a great segue into me checking in. On me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing? I'm okay. My check-in was going to be about, like, how I realized this week that I really do do my best, right? Like, I, I really put forth my best effort in all things that I do. I was sitting in a supervision this past week, and, like, the epiphany kind of just came on me because I feel like a lot of times we get into this, like, space of beating up on ourselves. But the conversation we had last week really just, like, hit me in that moment. It was just like, I'm doing well. But I'm going to transition out of that check-in and go to just, like, my Mm -hmm. day-to-day and ask you to just, like, pray my strength. Because, like... Always will. Sometimes life just be... You know, what how it go? Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. Okay? Don't quit. Know your poems. All right? (laughs) Like, 
today, remember I told you a couple weeks ago about my story with uh, my broken phone, right? Broke my toe, broke my phone, right? This past Sunday, less than a week ago, <laughs> I spent over $100, broke my, toe, broke broke my, my phone, phone, and like, got no dick in the process. They just go hand in hand. A mess. So, just... This past <laughs> Sunday, I spent over $100 getting my screen fixed, thinking it would solve the problem, right? I have a cute new screen, you know, now I'm popping, my phone is fine. My phone wasn't fine. Literally today, I take my phone off the charger, and it's completely dead. And when I tell you completely dead, I did a soft reboot, I did a hard reboot, I did a medium reboot. I did everything I could to get it to work, and it did not work. So, like, I'm in this space of, like, what else in my life can, like, be inconvenienced? I don't want to say what else can go wrong, because clearly a lot of other things could go wrong. But when I just, like, think of just the, the different stressors that I go through with each day, I'm just like, this... It's unneeded. It's not necessary. It's not wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just like blew my life. Damn. But there's a blessing and a silver lining in every cloud and every storm because I went to Verizon and I didn't even know I was on the coverage plan where they just replace your phone. So hopefully I get one tomorrow for free. What kind of coverage plan Ch- is that? The, the Child of the King coverage plan. Okay. A deductible it or must anything? Because be, I was literally walking into Verizon, doing the math, and realizing I don't have the budget. And so I was talking to God like, Lord, you know I'm poor. Like many of us. You know I'm poor, right? You and know, you know Lord. Lord, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like, what? And then I was just like, okay, an upgrade would be very cute. But even just like conceptualizing that monthly payment to pay it off or like putting a down payment of a certain amount, you I'm just like, that really shifts that. the budget to where the I don't want to allow shift. you to it conceptualize. Won't. It's like shifting it's something like, that won't move. Okay. Right? Like, bitch, where are you putting that at? So to even hear, <laughs> Not like, in this budget. to even hear the man say, yo, you're on a coverage plan. We can send your phone out free of charge tomorrow. Like, yes, that I might lose some stuff. nothing but the good Lord. The goodness of God. Like, I started sweating. I was so overwhelmed, right? But I just really ask you to keep me in your prayers, even the listeners, too, because little random things come up. Yes, God works them all out. It's just that when you're in the moment of it, you feel like you are just so overwhelmed, and you just want to scream at mm. the top of your lungs because it is very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be in another week with you. Um... Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. It's hard. It is. Weather that storm when it's rocky. Yeah. Because then yeah. waves get the moving and then shifting. Then adding sickness. You were sick last yeah, week. Yeah, I'm about to add you to the sick and shedding list. Now I can't list. breathe this week. This is- I'm putting you on the list. But I will be delivered. In God's, in God's time, my change will surely come. Okay. I like how you said in God's time. Not in mine. Because if it was my time, my change would have been here. Mm. Yeah. But I'm, I think I'm having my Job experience. It's fine. I will see the increase. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what you got for us this evening? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Patrick. Grant. So, oh, don't put my government out here. P. Ryan, y'all didn't hear that last part. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mine is join the party. Sure. I mean, I've definitely sent my government out here all the time. It's fine. <laughs> just pulling your leg. So this week we've been, or I've been thinking a lot about relationships. And I said we've been because in our off show time, I think every time we get up together, we have this moment where we just talk about how niggas ain't shit. 
And we talk about relationships and we talk about how hard when we're in Philly it is to date and how hard it is to find a serious guy in the city and how hard it is to even just find a serious man outside of the city, like in general, right? Yeah. Last week, we had a conversation about Oprah and her super soul conversations. And I remember like one time when we were just kicking and having a good time, um, after the fact, I was driving home listening to Oprah and I came upon the Devon Franklin and Megan Good episode with Oprah and her Super Soul conversations. Yeah. And the episode was like really short. It was only like, it was less than 30 minutes. It was like 27. Mm. Um, but it was so powerful, I felt. And I was like tearing up on my drive home and I was just like, this has to be a hung up conversation, right? And so I wanted to introduce it today. It started off with Oprah just like, describing Megan and describing Devon and how they had their own like public personas, right? Megan was portrayed as like the media party girl or like the person who's always in like the party scene and is super promiscuous and Devon was kind of like the movie producer who practiced celibacy, right? Seriously practiced celibacy. And when they were on Oprah's show, they said that when they first saw each other... I'm sorry. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I liked how you did <laughs> I do that. I notice I do that all the time. Okay, drinking game. Drink every time you hear me go. Because <laughs> like, when I listen back, I'm just like, why do I do that? <laughs> I'm a bird. I really am a bird. So well, I'm like, a bird. Is that a bird? <laughs> I am a bird. It's fine. I own it. Okay, and I will oh, fly gosh. away one of these days. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but they said that when they first saw each other, they really thought they were like both out of each other's leagues. You know, Megan feeling like she didn't deserve this like chase man. Devon thinking that he didn't deserve this like really cool girl, but. You know, when the story progresses, you know that they both fall madly in love and they have this strong relationship. And mm. one thing they were advertising in this episode was that a central theme in their relationship was that they decided to wait, right? Mm -hmm. They both decided to practice celibacy or wait or not have sex until they got married. So I kind of wanted to start the conversation off by asking you, how do you view the wait? You know what? I respect it. I respect it more now than I ever did. I'm not sure if it has to do with age or experience or maturity, but I see the benefits, you know, from a from a personal perspective. I think being single for an an extended period of time um can make the weight, the quote unquote weight harder. Mm. Um yes. when we meet someone um and we have that connection and the physical just happens, you know, that's typically well, I'm not going to say typically, but... Say what you say. It goes down like yeah. that sometimes, yeah. you know, or most times, because the connection is so strong, you know, we just kind of... And it ends up going physical, you know, quickly. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, you ever find yourself kind of done after that? Or, in, or have you ever found yourself in a situation where you were really feeling someone... Y'all went to the physical really quick, and then, like, you lost interest or some interest. Has that ever happened? I think it's different. Well, it's hard to say for me, in a way, um, 
just like from a transparency standpoint, I think there are some things I can wait for, but then there are some things that I haven't waited for, right? So, you know, I, a lot of people say sex is sex, but I do really believe that the different types of sex that you have, you know, there's like a hierarchy of sorts, right? So there are moments when I've had oral with someone or like, you know, mutually masturbated or whatever. And in those moments, yeah, there have been times when like I had a different perception of the person afterwards and it was kind of just like, oh, that was cool. But then sometimes I found myself like going back because I was like, oh, that was cool. But then that was cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then going back because it was like good. Like I like that. It was good. <laughs> right? It was cool. <laughs> but then, you know, when I asked you, how do you view the weight? To answer your question, like, the way I view the weight is, like, I'm still waiting on, like, the whole penetrative piece, right? So I can't really speak on, like, have you slept with someone and, or have you been intimate you. with someone and, like, your mind changed? Because I, I don't okay. have that experience yet. I got you. And I still, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm still waiting on that person, even though I don't want to, like, advertise that person. <laughs> no, I, I got know. you. I got you. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um... But yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, I think I like the idea yeah. of just getting serious with someone and holding back on sex for a little while. Yeah. It doesn't have to be as long as Megan and, and Devon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or anyone else for that matter, right? We have to do what works for Taking you. Taking it slow. So that could be a few weeks, mm -hmm. a few months for some people. I just, at the end of the day, I see the benefit in getting to know someone else before like jumping into bed with them. Like, yeah. I can dig it. I completely agree. I was listening, I listened to this episode a couple times because I felt like I would take something new from it each time. And one theme that I got from it was like, I don't necessarily know if marriage is what I'm waiting for to engage in penetrative, a penetrative sexual experience. Mm -hmm. But I do want to take things slow to really understand who I'm engaging and who I'm like exchanging energies with. We're com we, we can be very complicated human beings. Oh, so not can be. We are, child. Okay. You know, Even so. Even for those who don't want to admit it. It's beneficial to take the time. Yeah. As hard as it can be. You know, but like I said, that set the time frame that works for you. That could be waiting a few weeks, a few months, a few years, waiting until you're married, waiting, you know, to move into the home until after you're engaged or after you're married. Like, you have to do whatever works for, for, for you. For you, yeah. And whatever works for your spirit. Very mm -hmm. true. So, another theme in the talk that they had with Oprah um, was being in the right place, right? And asking God to take you out of situations that you in your heart of hearts know are not for you. And they also talked about not settling. So Megan had mentioned that she was in a four-year relationship or an about four-year relationship before she met Devon, right? And she said, which I thought was beautiful, the person wasn't bad, but he just wasn't good for her, right? And so she said she was playing wife without actually being a wife and she wasn't really getting what she thought she had invested in and she realized that she was putting herself in a position where she continuously wound up unhappy mm -hmm. and in doing that or having that pattern come up in relationships she's noticed that they that negative pattern of like doing things that didn't make you happy spilled over to other aspects of her life whether it be you know friendships whether it be her acting career whether it be her family relationships mm -hmm. and so in the end, she wound up leaving that situation with the guy and she started praying. And that's where she like went on this journey of like building her levels of celibacy, right? 
But when she met Devon, she told Oprah she really wasn't praying for a husband, which I thought was interesting. She said she was praying for help, growth, healing, and maturity. So characteristics, right? But those characteristics came in the form of Devon. And she was just like, before he even showed up, though, she heard God kind of tell her, focus on you first. And so I guess to continue the conversation, do you feel like God has ever told you to focus on you? And if he did, like, how did, what did that look like? And how did you know that he was actually saying that? Yeah. So, yeah. How did that look like? I like that. How did that look like? Because it can be different for different people. Right. But listening to Megan's story, I feel like I can definitely relate. This kind of goes back to the conversation we had a few weeks ago about why I was praying for peace. Mm. I, like Megan, was in a situation that started to impact other aspects of my life in a very unhealthy and negative way. Felt like there was always chaos in my environment and in my world. Finding my inner peace meant focusing on self, being present in the moment, in my moment, and basically dealing, right? Finding that peace involved a lot of praying and meditation, praying for not specific things, but asking God to help me forgive others and help me find understanding and purpose in my situation, no matter how bad it was. For me, that process was growth, healing, And ultimately, maturity. I had to stop asking for a different job because I hated my, you know, my my current, my well, what was then my current job. But I talked about that before. I had to stop asking God like, I want a, I want a different job like tomorrow. Mm. I had to start asking for understanding why I was there to begin with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like again, just being present in my moment, being you know just there. Dilly, we talked about on the last episode at Cartole, when he sat down with Oprah, he mentioned that fighting our present moment is basically insanity and only brings more frustration and heartbreak. Mm. How did I know that God was saying it to me? Because everything else I had tried putting my faith in had failed. And it wasn't until I put my faith in him and myself that things started to shift for me. I don't think it's about being in a different situation all the time because I think that's what we often pray for. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes it's just about changing your perspective of the situation that you're actually in. Mm. And I think that's when the real healing can begin. Right. I don't know. I feel like for me, um, the times when God has reminded me to focus on myself have been the times when I experienced... I would say a semblance of heartache because when I look back, it really wasn't like a heartbreak type of or a heartache situation. I don't even know what I'm trying to describe, but where you feel like your heart is broken, right? Those have been the times where I feel like God has just been like, "You need to focus on you." Like if you were focusing on you, all of that wouldn't have happened, right? Mm-hmm. And there were distinct moments I think of like in undergrad, in grad school, probably not in, well close to the current day too where like I kind of got distracted in situations or in people who I thought were like for me and then that led to disappointment and then it led to God saying like all of that wasn't for you you should have just been focusing on yourself 
And I feel like that's kind of like the signifier. And that's how I know that he was saying, he was giving me that message. Mm. But no, I feel what you're yeah, saying that's too. that's what's up. And I think Being God will also use people, right, to show you well, that he, message. If he'll use a donkey, he'll use a human. Yeah, that's real. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. yes. So, question though, on top of that. Mm-hmm. Because we talked about, like, Megan being in a situation that wasn't for her, and she kind of knew it, right? Why do you think, or why do we put ourselves in situations where, like, we may have a suspicion that we'll be unhappy, but we stay there? Like, what keeps us in those situations? And Megan and Devon focus solely on sex, but I'm just like, is it just physical, or is it something else that's really holding us hostage in those situations where we feel like we can't? dip out yeah that's a deep question because yes i yes i do think it's more than physical um i think it's like the trauma and all the burdens that we carry are kind of stored in our bodies it's like it it becomes a part of us shout out to fran over at (laughs) the friend friend. (laughs) she when um they were here in philly and even before that, she's mentioned biogenetics um, mm. on the show. Yeah. And I was really feeling that concept because I do believe that we do pass down and we carry around trauma for so long. Um, and like I said, we become used to it. It becomes a part of us. Our parents do the best job that they can do, but they're basically giving us what was given to them. So... And we, I feel like we talked about even this question on the show before. Why do we stay in sad or bad situations? Yeah. I, you know, I just feel like we, in a weird way, we just become comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I put icing is on it, top of is that it, cake? Is it, I don't know, is it like scary to like take a risk to do something different? I think. It is. In life. Hell in yeah. relationship. What just in any space, it's. Scary. It is to to go out and and take a risk to do something different. And I guess just as humans, as a species, we've have we have adapted, especially Black people, <laughs> to deal with trauma and yeah. keep moving forward. Yeah. I think that maybe speaks to it a little bit too. Yeah. Could I add something on top of that though? Because I really vibe with what you're saying. I think on in addition, we stay in those situations because we feel we can change them. Mm, yeah that is deep yes so like yeah it didn't work out the first time right it kind of fucked us up it like it traumatized us at first but we feel like oh no but if I stay a little longer I have the power to not only change the individual that I'm with but to change the whole environment that I'm in to make it what I really need right Mm -hmm. so we keep this trial and error going and the more it doesn't work the more we're convinced that we can fix it Until sometimes, right? Because we don't always have this wake-up moment where it's like, nah, it's not going to work. And that's where we're just like, Lord, if you can just move mountains to get me up out of this, then I can do it. Yeah. I like how you put it because certainly we should feel empowered to Mm -hmm. feel that we can move mountains, right? And there will be opportunities where Mm -hmm. we will succeed. I think what I hear you saying is, when do we actually acknowledge when it's not working? It's not working? Yeah. And are we doing the work? Are we doing the self-care to acknowledge that 
and actually do something about it. And look at Megan. She, it took her four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a testament yeah. in itself. That's the Ayala, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> but like, <it's, laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. But it's a testament to the fact that like, it takes a while. So when yeah. we look from the out, when we're from the outside looking in at other people's situations and wondering why they're, why they're still in this unhealthy space or why, why they're still with this person who is dogging them completely out, know that it takes time. Right, And there is a reason why that person is still there, whether it's to fill a void, whether it's because of past trauma and that's just what they're used to, whether it's because they feel like they can change the situation and they're doing everything in their power to do so. These are valid reasons. Valid. And sometimes it just takes time. And it won't change until they realize that. Yeah. Ooh, help me, Holy Ghost. Help me. Let's switch to Devon. We talked a little bit about Megan because this is already triggering me. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Devon, on the other hand, um, mentioned that he felt like a hypocrite, right? So he was raised in the church. Devon is a Seventh day Adventist. Shout out to the SDAs out there. I'm more of a bad Adventist, but hey. <laughs> and he said he subscribed to waiting on marriage and speech like that's what he advertised right yeah. I'm, I'm i'm celibate or i'm virgin and i'm waiting for marriage <clears throat> but at the same time he and him we talk about peace he wasn't at peace with himself because while he took a public forum and said that he was you know saving himself for marriage in his private life that wasn't what he was doing and his public and private lives weren't aligned and so at the same time, he was in a relationship, I believe, he said, and he realized that, like, God hadn't brought him to the right person. So his prayer was if God had taken him out of this relationship, or his prayer was if God would take him out of this relationship, from that moment on, he would wait. Right? Mm. And so I wonder how many times, like, have we made promises or, like, or made that promise in prayer? And what? <laughs> Sorry, that face. It's okay, Eric. You can have noises on the show. I was, I was shocked. <laughs> You're shocked. <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, it's it's not muted." Usually, <laughs> usually. <I'm> muted. <laughs> but Sorry. <laughs> how many times do we make like promises to God in prayer, um, and feel like we're gonna, you know, keep those promises? But then, like, what happens to us if or when we break it? Right? When we break it. Mm-hmm. Cause Cause I, going I, to. I told God I we, would leave I some like people we, alone. That's, that's who I mean. Yeah. we're human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Tristan. Go in there. Um. <laughs> this break was brought to you by Eric's dog Tristan. He's he's hungry. I knew it, and it's just like I, I was saying to myself earlier. He's gonna wait until the middle of the show to start eating, and that's exactly what he did. A father knows his son. I know him. I know him. But uh. Yeah, it's a matter of when we're going to break. Because we're going to. We're going to fall. We're going to have heartbreak. We're going to go through trials and tribulations. We're going to get jobs. We're going to lose them. We're going to have friendships. We're going to lose them. We're going to have loved ones. We're going to lose them. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna bury people that we love. It's just life. Yeah. I think it is life. I also just... And I guess this is just me on my journey. So I don't want it to sound like I'm judging at all. I just... I'm very cautious about... The promises I make to God from here on out. Right? Because sometimes I feel like we know that these are promises that we probably won't keep. Right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, and this is why I don't want to sound judgmental because I feel like it might 
sound a little bit. Yeah. But I'll speak for myself, right? I, I think I've made similar promises to God that Devon made, right? Not necessarily that I would wait, but that like, oh, if you change my situation or, you know, bless me and help me feel a little bit better from this, you know, heartache that I was feeling, I won't go back to this person. That's in month two. Let month six come around. Where am I at? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think sometimes now my prayer is more just like, I'm in this position and for some reason I love it, even though it causes me all the heartache or it makes it me, um, you know, it, it causes me unrest because I'm saying one thing, but like my life is another way. Or it's like, the original like sin. I really just present myself as transparent as possible. And I'm just like, fix it. In the words of Phaedra, fix it, Jesus. Because I don't know what to do. That's what, I think that's who we are. I mean, it's yeah. the original sin. Yeah. You know, the fruit was so good. It just had to be tasted. And sometimes that fruit be and then delicious. It'd it be delicious. But then at that point, we felt everything. Mm-hmm. We felt everything. Yeah. So, I think it's just who we are. God knows it. He made us. He knows it. He knows us. He knows yeah. us. Yeah. It's yeah. just who we are. Um, you just touched on something so good. I'm well, like, go ahead. To I, ask you something. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said that he knows us. Yeah. Do you think the reason yeah, we make yeah. these promises and prayer... Yeah. <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> Do you think the reason we make these promises and prayer might be because we don't know ourselves? So let me just go a little deeper. Mm-hmm. God knows you present a prayer to him. You say, Lord, if you fix the situation, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, right? And while we may have an inkling that we might not keep that promise all the way or there might be a time where we stumble and fall, we don't bring up that possibility because we want to present ourselves to God in the way we present ourselves to people on the gram or to like a public forum. We want to be pristine. We want to be, you know, perfect. Yeah. But I, I think it might be more effective to present God with your imperfections. Does that make sense? It does. Sometimes I feel like I don't be making no sense, but like you know, does that does that? Mm-hmm. I think we as a as a society, we we at the core of us, I think we're good. Mm. I think we're good because mm-hmm. we are God's children. Yeah, and um, good. I think when we make these promises or we say these prayers to God. He already knows what the outcome is going to be, but we make we say them because we really are good people. We really and mean we want well, to do good. and we want to do good. Mm-hmm. I really think that's why. So we maybe do we don't anticipate the possibility of us doing bad because we're so dedicated to the idea of going doing good. Yeah, because sometimes mm-hmm. we do bad because and not we don't saying know that having sex is bad per se, but right. like going against what we advertise we're going to do. Let's say that. I think it happens and it's going to happen a few times until we get it right. Mm. We're going to, we're going to make a promise. We're going to say a prayer that we're not going to do something and we're going to fall. But I think eventually if you really have it in you, that this is something that you really want to do, right? If it's something that's really in your heart, I think eventually we will get there. And that's why God's mm. love is unconditional mm. because he knows we, we're not going to get there on the first, the second, the third try, but we will eventually get there because I think at the end of the day, we, we are good people. Yeah. 
We want to do. We want to do good. I think things happen. There are a lot of forces that are upon us <laughs> in this world, um, seen and unseen, that just make us do make make stupid decisions or do evil things. You know. Yeah. Again, it's the fruit. It's the fruit. Yeah. We, we bit the fruit. One thing I thought was super beautiful that Megan said um, that despite her image, her party girl image, Devon saw her. Right? And then he I followed love that. up. I really just love him. I'm like obsessed. I can't do. That's something to make someone fall. Like to tell someone, look them in their eyes you. and to say that I see you. Eric, get away from me. <laughs> it's stressful. I'm just saying. It really is. Making niggas fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> I just want somebody to see me here. But then Devon followed up and said, not only did he see her, but he saw the truth. Mm. Her truth. So despite what anybody else said about her, despite how anybody else presented her, he saw who she really was. I'm right? waiting. I'm waiting. Okay. The wait. Okay. Wait, literally, <laughs> yes, the wait. And they both said that they knew... <laughs> that they were each other's ones or they were the person that they were supposed to be with because when they interacted with each other, it mm. felt like catching the Holy Spirit. Mm. That right? energy. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. You know, we meet, I really believe we meet spiritually before we meet physically. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so they said like, not only was it like a, I don't know, not only was it a beautiful moment, but it was really kind of, in a way, a religious moment. And I think this was just like, so enlightening because as I said before if anything I believe the spirit guides us or I didn't say that before but I truly believe that the spirit guides us right whatever you feel like the spirit is I do feel like it guides us I think there's something bigger that orders our paths and similar to what they said in the show or in the interview we have these timelines and we have these checkpoints of like where we should be in life right and, this, and I think the spirit, if and when we give it permission, either allows things to happen in our lives. I hope I'm making sense. I don't know. Or like blocks it from happening. So let me, re, let me retrack. We're guided by the spirit. Right? Mm-hmm. And things happen in our lives or experiences don't happen in our lives because we give the permission to, we give the spirit permission to allow them to happen or to block them. Right? Megan and Devon said that waiting helps God or helps the spirit reveal things to you that you would have missed if you had not waited before. Right? And so in a way, I feel like we talked about the whole penetrative experience. I feel like in that, I'm a bit of a waiter. Right? Because when I pray, I give the spirit permission to allow or block things that... or. I give the, per- the spirit permission to allow things to come to me or to block things from coming to me if it will make me a better person, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think of like past relationships and a part of me looks at like my different relationships that I've had and I'm just like, this didn't work out because the spirit blocked it because it would not help me be a better person. Or this person did not work out because he would only bring me down. Or this person would not work out because his environment was no good for me. Does that make... It does. Can I... Can I... You can do whatever you want because I feel like I'm just like presenting an argument but like it... 
I'm, I'm not really no, getting it out clearly. It's coming out very clear. Okay. From the other side of it, we are put into situations to, to, to learn lessons. Mm. And those failed relationships, those failed friendships, like the one that led us here. Uh-huh. Well, no, the, that didn't lead us here. The, the failed friendship didn't. The failed, the failed podcast situation mm-hmm. led us to where we are in this moment. Mm-hmm. We was going to do this regardless because we, we have a relationship outside of this. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I lost track what? of what I was saying. But even in that, right, I think that was a guiding of the spirit. Yes, I was able to tarry with We're put this in these situations for a little bit, but good and bad. Yeah, but a continued relationship or a future with that individual was blocked. Why? Because it one didn't make me grow as an individual in that space. And there was something better, i.e. you, down the road. Yeah. And I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is um we gotta appreciate that too. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I um, I think it's important that we acknowledge God during the good times and the bad times. I believe in that. Mm. And I think acknowledging him during those quote-unquote bad times means, um, you know, going back to what I was saying a little bit earlier, being present in your moment, not uh, running away from whatever that current challenge is and, and really being like, you know what, that was a blessing at the end of the day because it led me to that next level or, you know, whatever, whatever that is. Mm. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Let me just backtrack on the spirit because I just, I don't know. I just want to hear your perspective a little more on it, especially because I don't even feel that like I was making much sense, but (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel that the spirit works in relationships? Like if at all, right? Yeah, I think it does. I think, the spirit is involved in every relationship that we have in some way. I think this, I think of the spirit as our consciousness. Hmm. And I think to be conscious, you have to be present and being present is a very important aspect to any relationship, especially an intimate one. When we disconnect from someone, it's hard to stay committed and invested in that relationship. When we're not present in a relationship, we don't see the value and the potential in that relationship. When I think about my personal relationship with God, my spirit is very much involved and it implicates my connection to God. The stronger the spirit, the stronger the connection. When the spirit is weak, we are less aware, we are less present, we are less connected. So I think it all comes full circle, you know? Mm -hmm. That spirit, um, you said energies meet before people meet. Yes, I think it's such a powerful thing and, and, and shout out to Devon and Megan because it's yeah. it's really a beautiful thing and I've been in love before um, I'm jealous it's, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding sorry it's really <laughs> it's, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric don't don't get sick I'm sorry it's really a beautiful thing and it feels amazing when you're in that moment mm-hmm. literally since the beginning of time, things have been aligned for you to be in that moment to meet someone that you feel is your soulmate. That's powerful. That's love. Yeah. So I'm here for it. Yeah. Shout out to them. All right. So Megan and Devon, and I'm 
I'm just going to give you a warning, not a trigger warning, but a fire take warning, right? In the next couple of things we're going to talk about. Megan and Devon continue by saying that, like, we never really know how long it will take for God's plan to unfold, right? And that kind of had me thinking about God's plan. So they say that it's not only about sex, right? Megan and Devon use sex as kind of like a foundation to present an idea about instant gratification. So they say that in practicing discipline in regards to sex, you're unlocking the power of patience. They say that you're trying to fit God's timetable time instead of your timetable. And they also said that, like, God gave us the d desire and the want to, like, want the things that we want, mm -hmm. right? And he alone knows when it's ready or the, he knows when the things that we want are ready to be received by us and to also be received by the world. Mm -hmm. But we are the ones who want to rush. We are the ones who want things right now. And a lot of the times we do things to get the desires of our hearts right now. And it sometimes conflicts with his timetable in a way that can be not only destructive to us, but to those around us. And I thought that was super powerful. And it like mm -hmm. reminded me of this verse, right? First Corinthians 7, 7 through 9, which basically says, and I had to fact check the New King James Version and compare the two because this one seemed pretty wild. I was just like, wait, what? I was reading but it. I was this like... <laughs> Like, girl, Is this did the word? really say that? Okay. <laughs> but it did. So I read a couple versions, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7 7 9. <laughs> you said this is kind of wild. It was kind of wild. <laughs> Sometimes I wish everyone were single like me. This is Paul saying it. A simpler life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives the gift of the single life to some, the gift of the married life to others. I do, though, tell the unmarried and the widows that singleness might well be the best thing for them, as it has been for me. But if they can't manage their desires and emotions, they should by all means go ahead and get married. The difficulties of marriage are preferable by far to a sexually tortured life as a single. And I was like... Paul was wild as all get out. <laughs> but it had me <laughs> it had me thinking really about God's plan, right? Yeah. Because not everybody ends up married. Right. Not everybody ends up having kids. And the conversations that we have, I remember just being in high school, like saying, I'm not really getting married. Like a partner is really not in my ministry. A kid, definitely a partner. <laughs> you can come or you can go. It is what it is. And then now I'm in a space especially when I'm around people who are very relationship oriented where I'm just like maybe I need someone so I'm like on the prowl always interacting always just like are you a mate are you a mate are you a mate and the times where I feel most at peace even in these spaces are when I'm just like I'm not worried about nobody you know so I and the times when I'm finding myself forcing relationships is when I find myself looking like boo boo the fool and also like experiencing tremendous heartache so when all of these things unfold, I'm just, sometimes I sit and pray and I'm like, is it your will for me to be like Paul? Like, was I meant to just be single and chill on out and just drink my bush tea? Why are you laughing? Because I, I think it's too early for you to... It, it, okay, I'm 26. Yes, it's, it's very early. But sometimes I'm just like, there has been a trend, even from high school, yeah, where like, you know, 
I'll meet this amazing or seemingly amazing individual. And I'm just like, maybe we can try something out. And literally by day three, I'm just like, child, I'm tired. Okay. But it's when I'm just like in a space of like, I'm good. I'm by myself. I'm just going to be a bad B on like these careers and these, you know, internships or these whatever is schoolwork. I feel at peace. I feel at peace just being busy, not being with someone. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I feel like if that's, if you're at peace with where you're at, then that means that's what you're supposed to be doing right now. I'm also like very thirsty. It's a, a, (laughs) I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I mean, it it goes, it's, it's an off and on thing. And I think a lot of, um, single working, uh, folks can relate. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're busy, we keep ourselves busy, and then we have those moments, you know? Yeah. What do you feel about, like, that text, or even, like, what Megan and Devon were saying? What, the first Corinthians? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That text is wild. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> no, but I, when I read it, I thought, wow, how true is this? Because, like you said, God gives a gift to... The single life, God gives the gift of the single life to some, the gift of married life to others. And I think that's real. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I think a lot of us are out here chasing something. Some of us know what it is. Some of us don't even know what we're chasing. Yeah. We think we know what we want to be happy or what we need to fulfill us, right? A lot of us are looking for love. And we think we know what's good for us, right? Without even having, like, gone to God to talk to him about it. Say right? so. Say it. And we've said it before on this show that your soulmate is not necessarily a spouse yeah. or a partner. Yeah. It could be so a friend. So it could be a friend. It could, it could really, you know, I, I don't know. I want to say an animal. But, you Child, know, for... Speak that over me. For I'm not an animal person. <laughs> <laughs> for our animal lovers... Um, well, no, I guess I wouldn't say that's a soulmate. Well, not, you're not necessarily, because you're not intimate with soulmates. Mm-mm. So, not necessarily. No. So, I, I'm just saying, and okay, so your soulmate can be anyone. And I think it's power in recognizing that. Yeah. And I think this scripture stands behind that thought or that idea, you know? I really vibe with, like, the translation. And I think it brings a little clarity because when I was younger, this scripture was translated into... You know, it's good to be single because you can focus on the Lord and there's less distraction with yeah. marriage and children and whatever. I'm like, this ain't but, no scripture. This is a. But in this version, it seemed very, like, you know, sex. This is an Elin Harris book. I feel like book. it's a part what of the it? Bible that, like, is. <laughs> what would you say? What would you say? Is this scripture or Elin Harris novel? You need to get out of here. Shout out to Elin Harris. Who <laughs> did you say this was? Paul. It's Paul. Paul, you. Listen. <laughs> Don't be fooled, okay? Oh, <laughs> but <laughs> you're so, get out of my thing. <laughs> no, but like it really shaped the Bible in a different context, and it kind of showed me that the Bible covers all topics. It does. Right? It and covers all vernaculars. Yeah. And so I, I just thought I really appreciated it, and I thought it was interesting. The line celibacy isn't for everyone, similar to how marriage is. I'm just like, Lord, help me, because that strikes some feelings. But speaking of feelings, I want to hear this reaction from you um, regarding a quote from Devon and Megan's book. Okay? The person who recklessly gives themselves over to their sex drive 
denies and distances themselves from their divine nature. They court chaos, drama, legal troubles, everything that is this side of the plagues Moses warned Pharaoh about in Exodus. Worst of all, the person becomes manipulative, callous, willing to do or say anything to get another person in bed. Oh yeah, y'all out there. Megan and Devon also say, or Devon said, that was his answer to Oprah. The solution is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. So the solution for the above description is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. In this society, this behavior in men is validated. So the behavior of being callous and, you know, just seeking sex. Yeah. And it's what kills us. He says this behavior doesn't stop with marriage. Everyone in that interview agreed that the words I do when you get married are not magic spells. If the person lacks sexual discipline when single, so if they're fucking everybody in layman's terms, they'll lack it in marriage. Mm-hmm. It carries over. Yep. What's your reaction? It does. Yep. I, I agree. What we lack while we're single, if we don't resolve it, if we don't do what we need to do to fix it, mm-hmm. it's going to carry right over into our marriages and our relationships. Yeah. I think it is important to establish, I guess, dating best practice skills. While we're single. That's best practice. <laughs> Come through academic. <laughs> Come on. So that way we go into a relationship with our hearts and yeah. with our consciousness and not carrying baggage and a whole bunch of bullshit. Many of us run into relationships to be safe from our own damn selves, only to make that other person's life a fucking living hell. Stop doing that shit. I, I have taken a lot of time to self-care because I know... That's how much I care about being in my next relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to snag somebody that's worthwhile. You know what I mean? Somebody that is really that I can be with mm-hmm. and establish something. So that means I got to get my shit together. I got to be able to live up to that standard, whatever I'm looking for. I feel like I just need to you know, work on myself and be that or be as close to that as possible. Because um, when you open to possibilities... Like they said, making yourself vulnerable Mm. is the answer to it. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. So, I think all of our definitions differ, right? But what do you see as a person who who recklessly gives themselves over to their sex drive? Like, what does that look like? Is that someone who Mm. is sleeping with one person regularly, but is not in a relationship? Is that a person who is sleeping with the whole world? Like, just out here... Like, what, what does that mean? I, I think reckless is the key word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, that can be argued. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. But I think reckless is the key word. Self-harm or harm to other people. You know, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. While we are moving in and out of these spaces, a.k.a. beds, <laughs> yeah. with different people, I just wonder, you know, what does your heart look like? You know, is that really healthy for you? Yeah. Is it healthy for the people that you're you're sharing your body with? And if the answer is yes, then that means everybody's for it. <laughs> everybody's consenting to that experience. Then go for it. But, so in a way, yeah. just so like I'm receiving, if a person has done the work and like feels that, okay, you know, me having multiple partners isn't like a bad thing or me, you know, sleeping ca- in a casual situation with one partner is an okay thing, then it's not necessarily reckless. But it's kind of doing the work to make sure that you're not harming yourself or harming others. Is that kind of what? 
I think it's so subjective because yeah. even with that, yeah, yeah. depending on my personal beliefs and mm-hmm. in, in, in the next mm-hmm. person's, like that even may not be acceptable right, to someone. Right. Somebody could even look at that and be like, nah, that's still that's, reckless. That's still hoeing, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Somebody could look at someone who has two sexual partners using protection as being reckless. Yeah. I think it's such a huge scale. Um, but in a way, it sounds like it's just whatever works for your spirit. Whatever works for your spirit. And I and I, I guess for me, the main thing is your, your personal spirit and the people that you're actually impacting. Yeah. Like the lives of the people that you're actually impacting. That line, when we rush God's time, it can be destructive for ourselves and destructive for others. Yeah. Like, you know, that recklessness kind of plays into that, right? Yeah, because we could think it's good. But then if it's messing up somebody, yeah. oh, Eric, get out of my business. I, in your business? Wait, what you saying? You disclosing over there? No, I'm not. <laughs> that is what I'm not doing. Okay. All right, let's play a little game real quick. Okay. I want you to fill in the blank. Because okay. this is something that Devon and Megan did. Oprah asked them these questions. And I'll fill, fill in the blank, too. I think we did something uh, similar to this on the last episode. I like it. We should do I it more like, often. I kind of like, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. I feel the presence of God when? I share with other people. Okay. Are you going to... Should we go back and forth? Or should yeah, so I just I'll ask, ask you, you all of them and you ask me? That's a good question. What should we do, y'all? I don't know. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much, Muffin. <laughs> All right, I'll just go too. Okay. Um, I feel the presence of God when I'm singing. Okay. Yeah. It feels like I'm talking to him. I experience love when? I experience love when I allow people to give love. Hmm. How about you? I experience love when? I am honest with other people. Okay, the biggest so choice I had to make to fulfill my destiny. Whew. Loving, loving someone else and myself enough to know to let them go. Wow. Like, like Megan, accepting that that person was not a bad person. We just weren't good for each other. That was like one of the biggest and the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. And then like the aftermath, like dealing with that. What about you? The biggest choice you had to make to fulfill your destiny. Megan had said on the show was to choose me. And that's when I started crying. Wait, who sings I Choose Me? That's Oh, that's from Star, I think. It's a star. It's now a, you know I don't watch it's that. It's a song. <laughs> I, think, I don't even know if that's the name of the title. It's something like that. Choose me, I choose me. Whatever. My bad, go ahead. But honestly, I had an emotional reaction when I was driving in my car listening to this episode. And she said, the biggest choice I had to make to fulfill my destiny was to choose me. Because I think of my destiny being beyond like relationships. And I just think of like my life's trajectory and where I am now and where I kind of like started. And some of the decisions I had to make, like the decision to no longer be pre-med or the decision to prioritize arts over the sciences or Mm -hmm. to go in this path of really delving into mental health and sexuality studies all of that was choosing me and when I even think about just like relationships and the fact that like I didn't necessarily dead any relationships but 
I recognized the moment to kind of get up and keep it moving. Or, you know, I journaled and realized that, like, a relationship wasn't benefiting me, and so I decided to leave. Mm. All of those were moments to choose me, and I wouldn't... Despite the struggle that I talked about earlier in this episode, like... I would not be the Patrick I am today. And I don't think I would be the Patrick that I am becoming. In the words of Patrick, say so. (laughs) If I did not continuously choose to choose myself. I don't even think I would be the brother if we talk about on an organization level that I am today if I did not choose myself. Love it. Hey. Hey. That's deep. Okay. So then let's just wrap this shit up because now I'm like in my feelings. Okay. So final thoughts. Um, Devon and Megan said that without sex or without the sex and to make it plain in this show, um, because clearly we're not necessarily like an abstinence show. We're more of like a, you know, take it slow and figure out what you're doing. Okay? <laughs> or whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Whatever your path may be yeah. in regards to sex, take it fast, take it slow, take it in between. Just be safe. Because be sometimes healthy. we do take it fast. Like I think about, my first sexual experience. It was quite fast. Same night. Yeah. Um, we are fully understanding if the person that you're engaging with and you are compatible, right? If y'all are going down the right path or if you even like the person on a like friendship level, right? So maneuvering in a space that is your pace is showing you all of these things. And they also followed up by saying that the choices that you make in love can truly alter the course of your entire life. And I've kind of... That's real. I've bought into that because that is so real. Um, They said that the weight, but I will even say, like, you know, just kind of the understanding of what your situation is is all about preserving your integrity. Mm. And when we say integrity, it's not respectability politics. It it really is your wholeness. Mm. It's not losing a part of yourself in your relationship. They want you... uh, Megan and Devon wrote the book that they wrote, which I really plan on buying and reading because... I just love this conversation. Um, But they want you to feel empowered and to not feel like you're losing yourself or losing something in this interaction that you're having. And they also, at the end of the day, want you to find somebody who values you. And isn't that what we all want? Yeah. I think, I think every, everyone that's, yeah, something that we all have in common is that we just want to feel valued. Yeah. And be seen by someone, even yeah. if it's just one person. And not just be seen, but be seen for who we who truly we are. are, despite mm. the noise now. around us. Yes. Yep. That's where the beauty comes in. And sometimes, oh my gosh, sometimes we find that in situations that we may, that may not look like it's meant for us. So I'll say that, to mm-hmm. play devil's advocate. Yeah. Come on now. Oh, P. Ryan's final Eric, I'm thoughts. I'm crying, I can't do it. <laughs> That was awesome. I thought that was a good. Sh- that was a good topic. Yeah, you said it was a bitch. No, no, sorry. I, no, I did not. <laughs> I was Eric. I was slurring. I'm sorry, but that was a good topic. I really like that. <laughs> but let's move into the hunk pop, and it is truly a doozy. You hear what I'm saying? So first and foremost, um, at the top of the week, Wendy Williams um, on Halloween, October 31st. Happy November, everyone. Did we say that? No, we didn't. Um, but on Halloween, November 31st, Wendy Williams passed out on her live show. Like, I can't even make a joke about that because I was actually really scared for her. Yeah, me too. Um, 
And I don't think any jokes made about that was funny, except for this one where somebody was just like, when your crush finally talks to you, and then they showed a clip of her <laughs> passing out, and I'm just like, oh, that's me. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one you sent me? You sent me that. Yeah, I did. I did. But, um, but overall, <laughs> right, the situation was not funny. And um, on the episode that she had afterwards, so the way it went down, she had passed out. Then she came back after a commercial break um, and continued the show, right? Please take note of the timeline of events. The next episode, um, Wendy opened up about her fainting spell and she, you know, she cried and she said it was really scary. Um, She did not say that it was dehydration or exhaustion, but what she did say in the eight minute video was that she had some electrolyte water mix, which... Is Gatorade essential? I was about to say, girl, we call that vitamin water. Yeah. And then she said, you know, everybody falls out. Al Roker falls out. Um, That's true, too. Yeah, he did. Um, Al Roker did have a medical surgery, gastric bypass, which kind of leads to why he might have fell out. Uh, And she kind of did damage control, I will say. And... Before I even go deep into this, I just want to say that while the Wendy Williams of today's TV show, I I can only stick around for like the hot topics and then I kind of change the channel. I am really proud of Wendy for getting to where she is as a black woman and as kind of like this media maven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember being in high school um, and just (laughs) tuning in on Power 99 with her and Charlamagne every day at four o'clock. And being super excited for whatever mess Wendy had to give. Um, So I'm definitely proud of her as a black woman. What I can't help but think about, though, because she denied the fact that she had a mini stroke, right? Because that's what a lot of people were saying. She said it wasn't a stroke. The paramedics came, blah, blah, blah. My spirit can't keep sticking on the fact that when Whitney Houston was going through what she was going through, Wendy felt a connection there because she talked about her past with addiction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cocaine use. Mm-hmm. And as a mental health professional, when it comes to substances, I would be doing a disservice if I did not acknowledge the fact that there are things that can trigger a relapse. Right? Or can highlight the fact that maybe you're not relapsing, but the fact that you continued your abuse has come to light. So some of these triggers might be whatever situation you might have with your husband coming to light. Or some of those triggers might be Roland Martin coming to your show during Black History Month and schooling you on why you as a black woman should understand why we have Black History Month, right? And so, Or I think it was why we have uh, historically black colleges. Or historically black colleges. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Fact check me, child. No, you okay. <laughs> but, you know, he schooled her. Yeah. When I saw that video, I didn't think it was funny because I thought she had a bad reaction to mm. a substance. Mm. And when people brought up the stroke thing, I was like, okay, well, maybe it was a stroke. But then to see her come back and then to see her say that, like, you know, I just got some pediatric, I was good. I was just like, is everything good, sis? And mm. I don't want to, like, create this big argument because, you know, lawsuits are real. So all I will say is... It's kind of like a Wendy. Whitney moment. Yeah. Like where you are mental And she stage, even talks about, you know, you say, oh, I'm the back sweat all over okay. her body, Is the sweat okay? all over her lip. Like, no, and she I mean, said that she was really hot and dehydrated because of the costume. But 
when she recapped the fainting spell, she was in a warmer outfit than what she wore on Halloween. So if you're not fainting in the recap outfit, how'd you faint in that very loose-fitting Lady Liberty outfit? And so I'm not here to make assertions, but I'm here to ask questions. Okay, and make observations. Yeah. And all I can say is I'm praying for you, Wendy. In addition, I'm praying for you too, Brandy. Um, we saw that interview of you saying that you would work with SZA. And okay, you're not pregnant, sis, but clearly something is wrong. So praying for you. And I'll just say that, like you, I was just concerned when I first saw that video of Wendy falling out mm-hmm. because I've that was a mess. Experience. I've had. Have you? I don't know. Have you ever had a panic attack before? I have not. That's what I thought. It looked like something was seriously wrong. Yeah. So it was just like, for me, I was just like not laughing at that when I first saw that. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like social media is just so cruel. Listen, y'all, I know Wendy. People talk about she P-shaped. And Wendy has said a lot of mean things, a lot of nasty things about a lot of people and pissed a lot of people off. I know she a lot is. of people hate Wendy. I get it. But to it. say that's karma, that's kind of fucked up. But don't forget, she's still a, a woman human. and she's still a mother. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. She's a human. And... Ooh, child, what was I going to say in addition to that? Ooh, I wish I could backtrack. Because I, I, you said something and I was just like, yes. What did you say? I was saying that, you know, she's made her mistakes. Yeah. She's talked about a lot of a lot of people, said, pissed a lot of people off. A lot of people hate her. But I think we just need to remember that she's still a woman, a black woman, and she's a mother. Yeah, I totally forgot my thought. I'm so sorry about no, that's it. That's cool. That's but, cool. yeah. Praying for you, Wendy. Hope all is well. Yeah. Um, hope you keep thriving. Hope you keep gaining success. Um, in addition to our prayer list, because we've constructed one, Wendy is number one on the list. Brandy is number two. Pray for Chrisette Michelle. Because the young girl is going through. And Eric and I decided, before we take this show, we decided to watch her interview on The Breakfast Club. You start. Because... I'm tired, Eric. I'm tired. We we were both concerned. Yeah. About her, her, her answers seemed very planned and kind of thought out. She had since January to plan them. And so very, they um, I don't know, just out there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking like, girl, you you into you Scientology or something? But what did I tell you before? Donnie McClurkin concerned. is her pastor, so the spirit of confusion is raging. <laughs> okay, and I said what I said. But you know what? She did acknowledge, you know, that she made a mistake. Mm-hmm. But I just think I don't know. I was just really concerned with her responses on the show. I just felt like they were so far out there, and <coughs> I just felt like if she was telling the truth, it would it would have just been a been more yeah. level headed, mm-hmm. genuine conversation and let's just keep it real she said that she knew that she she knew that trump was a bad decision so then what the question goes back to why would you sing for him she didn't think that associate she didn't really feel like she was associating herself with him for some reason like girl what planet are you on but then no but then you know she did because she even said in those interviews i wanted to be a bridge Right? Hope. So this is a bad there guy, but I'm be being a bridge. She kept saying hope. I wore a Basquiat skirt. I want to give hope. Like, no, be accountable. Stand up in your shit and stop yeah. bullshitting us because we're in November now. Okay? 
And you've already gone through all this stuff. And now I think she, it's really just a cry for attention. You could have come back to the Breakfast Club and looked and said, look, I fucked up. Right? Yeah. But I'm going to stand up in what I did and say that, you know, I can't change it, but I'm sorry. I'm, Instead, yeah. what did you do? You, ja- uh, you jocked somebody's abortion photo or like miscarriage photo. Sorry, not abortion. the tip of my tongue. Let's, I'm so let's, glad let's, let's clear up facts. It's not an abortion <laughs> photo. But you jacked somebody's miscarriage photo, posted it on yours. Said, so I, what was I that, too. Like a fetus? I too. What was that? What, I, I didn't see it. I don't it. know. So we're going to have to fact check that, but it could have been a fetus. But it was. You, you type it? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Chris said, Michelle, fetus photo. Okay, so she shared a fake miscarriage photo. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, so the image in the post is very disturbing. So it was removed. But the caption was... Um, oh my gosh, what was the caption? It disappeared. Basically, it was just something... So she shared the miscarriage photo. Chrisette Michelle is being criticized for allegedly using somebody else's image when revealing she had a miscarriage. As previously reported, over the weekend, the soulful singer took to social media sharing multiple posts stating she had a miscarriage, had been dropped from her label, and had suicidal thoughts. You could have shared that, but to take somebody else's photo and then to say, this is our pain, but then not even to credit the person. On The Breakfast Club, she even stated the only reason why it came out was because the person whose photo it belonged to said, girl, that's not you. That's us. And that, you what look a horrible crazy, thing. sis. But what a horrible thing to say, that's us. She posted Xanax, apparently, Right. Making them people in a, in a couple other posts to kind of shed light to her mental health issues. The Xanax pictures wasn't hers, and what was her response? Everybody uses somebody else's photo for Instagram. How are we supposed to take you as an authentic individual if you behave like this? Yeah. And let me tell you something. I'm speaking as a diehard or a once diehard Chrisette Michelle fan. Right? I used to work at a radio station in Philadelphia. Chrisette Michelle came in for an interview. And when I tell you, like, I nearly died, I held her hand. And I was just like, I want to thank you for all that you have done previously. Speaking of her hand, Charlemagne oh, handed you her are so lotion. And I, I, and I was said like, what? that people won't come for you for this, too, because you're looking a little ashy. But even her words were ashy, right? I really felt bad for her. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, all right, I, I just feel bad for sis. She's a mess. Because she took that lotion and she moisturized them hands and... And laughed. She just kind of looked a little embarrassed. Yeah. Because she was a mess. It's like one L after another, Chrisette. Like, you have to... No, but when I met her, I truly thanked her for her contribution to music because whether or not you like Chrisette Michelle, she really gives something different to the music industry, right? When you can't deny her, her voice. When it came to her concerts, I've seen her in New York. I've seen her in St. Louis. I've seen her in Philadelphia. I have followed her. I've literally bought every album. I was literally a fan. A diehard fan. Now, it's not to say that I'm not going to ever buy her music again. But in this moment, I have to hold her accountable. And I'm not going to be like, oh, all is forgiven just because you said, bruh, I had a miscarriage. Bruh, I got dropped from my label. I'm not going to attribute your miscarriage to you feeling bad about 
or for people holding you accountable for making this decision. They're not shaming you. They're saying, okay, you sided with Trump by singing at his inauguration. I'm not buying no more sales tickets. No more concert tickets. And that's, I'm one of those people. I will not be at a Chris and Michelle concert. Mm -hmm. Yes. I may buy your album or stream your album knowing that it'll give you, you know, 0.0005 cents on the stream. But I'm not going to effortfully support you when you have effortfully been the, na- been the ass. Mm-hmm. Sorry, girl. Same for Tina Campbell. You may have been the better singing Mary, <laughs> but you ain't getting my support. Mm-mm-mm. It's disappointing. I am upset. Okay, Hopefully My brother Bud would be so upset. He would be. They should collaborate. A, a, weekend remind- or a weekly reminder to watch Kingdom Come. They should collaborate. Do what, Tina and, Her- and Tina and Chris? Don't might say that well. because I, then I might buy it. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. So we had all of these bad news, but let's give you some good news. I actually screamed over this. Guys, it's official. And when I tell you I screamed, I'm smiling right now and I can't help it. You like, are I'm so ear fucking excited. You're fucking ear. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Disney confirmed that Beyonce! Beyonce has joined the cast of The Lion King. The live action film. I'm so. Oh my gosh, I can't take it. <laughs> it's it's pretty lit though. It really is. Can you imagine? So Eric, I don't know if they're gonna incorporate like songs from the Broadway show, but there is a song that Heather Headley sung when Lion King was just released called Shadowland. It's something that Nala sings when she's about to go find Simba, right? If they incorporate that song into the film, I'm going to lose my entire shit. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Beyonce? Beyonce? In the words of New York. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. You know what they should have had? Beyonce play Nala, and Kelly, Michelle, and LaToya play the hyenas. Bitch. You know Woo! what? <laughs> I can't take it. I'm falling out. <laughs> That I'm just so hilarious. happy for her. <laughs> Play the hyenas. I fucking love Beyonce. Like, I can't do I'm standing. I realize I love Beyonce so much. Like, I'm just so happy for her. A win for her is a win for us all. I love it. I feel sorry for all the babies and the kids and all the white children and the parents and they the can't white come. parents. They can't come. And all the grandparents. They're going to be trying to get into the movie theater. But the Beehive's going to buy a King. ticket like it's a concert. The Beehive is going to shut every movie theater down And you know you got to buy multiple tickets because the first time we're just going to be standing over Beyonce, right? Then the second time we're going to actually watch the film. Then the third time we're going to come back because we learned the music and then we're going to sing to it. Like, oh my gosh. It's pretty awesome. I'm really curious how they got her to sign on to this. Coins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Coins. Or the fact that she's about to be a legend. It's I a business like it move. Had to be more than that. Can she get a like? Tony from this? Because it is a Broadway show. And mm-hmm. if they incorporate Broadway music, will then it will it then apply? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just Eric, I can't. I'm like overwhelmed. Then Alfre Woodard is Sarabi. Like this is a film for the ages. I can't deal. Do you know do they when is it coming out? Do you know? 2019. Okay. Some summer? Of 2019, and so I really like. I literally prayed last night. I was like, "Lord, you have to preserve me, because I have to see Beyonce play." Not like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm like shaking. <laughs> I can't do. I love her. <laughs> but that is the hung pop. Oh wait, no, is it? 
Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hung music. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So, and shout out to Beyonce. Right. <laughs> just every Hung music, we should just, every every episode, just shout out to Beyonce. We B. love her. And then she's going, I know she's going to drop an album in 2018. So, can you imagine? I'm sorry to just like divert the show, but can you imagine an album in 2018 and the movie in 2019? You know. If I had to predict, I'm going to say it's going to be the beginning of 2018. Oh, I'm too, I'm stressed. Or it could be just wishful thinking. We'll see. No, that's why we got to get our coins ready. The concert's coming, y'all. Will you be in the front or will you be in the nosebleeds? <laughs> okay. So, in preparation for the November 17th show here in Philly, I've been jamming out to Ricardo Valdez Valentin, also known as Black. Um, ATL-based ba- singer, songwriter, and rapper. You all know him. Um, we know him mostly from his 2016 single, Problems. So far on this recent album um, called Free Black, I've been really feeling X-Calling and getting old. So that's been really cool. And I, and I think I shout out the show last week, but I am excited for the show. Sabrina Claudio is going to be there as oh, well. Yes. Um, and then... Oh, I don't want to mess his name up. I'm not going to say it. See, see, Cy Airy the Kid, I believe is his name. He's also going to be there. So I'm looking forward to that show. Um, also in Hung Music, shout out to Riri. Oh, Rihanna, I love you. I'm like overwhelmed. I can't deal with all of this musical greatness. Ugh. Lemon with N-E-R-D. Yes, it was good. It was good. Did you see the video? Mm. Mm. It was good. You know what? I won't hold you. Watching that video, Patrick, I was on the edge the whole time hoping Riri was going to pop out and start dancing. I love the little yeah, arm with the dance. Titties, like, with the titties and the wife beater. Mm-hmm. And the, I was just feeling it. Dope beat. Dope track. Um, I'm sure everybody, most of y'all out there got that shit memorized for the club this weekend. Y'all going to be doing a little dance move that she was doing. I am. So, uh, shout out to y'all. Um... What did you listen to? What do you listen to in music this week? What do you What are you playing? Because you use Apple Music, right? I use Apple Music and Tidal. Okay. Even we, though they're not in the budget, pray my strength, y'all. <laughs> we will. What are you listening okay. to? Demi Lovato. I keep hearing a lot about this listen, young lady. Uh, don't hear a lot about it. Hear this. Hear the album, okay? Okay. And when you listen to it, you will know my life story, okay? Demi Lovato. Uh, let me tell you something about Demi Lovato. She sings down. Okay, mm. and I don't understand why I she saw her perform get... live, and I was really impressed. She sings. She that young sing. lady is a talent, and I don't understand why she doesn't get enough play. But you know, it's the I music see her business. most recent album. Mm-hmm. Tell me you love me. Uh, Twelve tracks. And sorry, not sorry. She also has an acoustic version of it. It's so good. She's going on tour. She's going on tour sorry. with <laughs> DJ Khaled, and um, I'm really excited for her. Her body looks amazing. She. Is so transparent with her struggles. She, oh, Demi Lovato is everything. That is what's up. This week, I was listening to Frank Ocean. I went back and listened to his first album and his most recent album. Um, so shout out to him. Yes, I'm. I'm really feeling him. I guess that was just the mood this week. Um, really feeling his music, and hopefully, he'll be giving us something fresh next year. That'll be nice to get an album, a new album from Frank Ocean. Yeah. So, in Hung Music News this week, 
our girl Jana. Janet Demita Joe Jackson is oh, on tour, <laughs> and she's actually going to be here in Philly on November 10th. So all y'all here in Philly can check her out on November 10th. You can purchase a ticket at Ticketmaster. I thought about that, and I was like, you know what? I would actually really like to see her. I've never seen Janet live. That would be great. That would be pretty dope. Like well, I think you she's... might see her at the Super Bowl, no? Well, speaking of which, mm-hmm. make it make a secret. <laughs> As you all may know, our boy Justin Timberlake is scheduled to headline the 2018 Super Bowl halftime show, which is going to be airing on February 4th. Yeah. So that is just around the corner. Um, This just opened up the social media floodgates because many of us, including myself, reflected on that 2004 Super Bowl scandal with Janet, where he exposed her breasts and Janet... I mean, basically, basically got all the blame and all the attention for it. USA Today reported, quote, seeing Timberlake invited back to the Super Bowl while Jackson's career still bears visible scars from the incident is a bitter reminder of which people society punishes more for so-called sexual indiscretions. What say you? Do you do you think her career suffered because of the 2004 Super Bowl incident? I definitely feel that, like, she's had to just become more low-key. I think even with her her tour now, right? Like, yes, there are a lot of people who have come out and have supported, but it really isn't as publicized as you would feel like a Janet tour deserves. So, yeah, I think she is being punished. And didn't she go from banned from the Super Bowl to Justin is now inviting her, so now she might become a guest star on well, the show? The NFL has come out and I guess officially I saw an article where they have officially stated that she has not been banned from the NFL. But I mean that doesn't really mean anything. Mm. I don't think. I don't know. I think thinking back to that situation 2004 that was a while ago but yeah. I just remember thinking that she was just really being unfairly targeted and treated Absolutely. in the media and I feel like Timberlake was a ghost. Like, he was not standing with her, by her, and, like, supporting her. And I agree with you. Like, she kind of did kind of fade to black a little bit. But I I think at the end of the day, true Janet fans are still Janet fans. Absolutely. And they're buying these tickets, and they're going to this concert that she's on tour for right now. So, shout out to her. And um, as always, y'all, check out my playlist on Spotify. I actually have a couple. You can find me on Spotify by searching for Eric Cole. And, uh, yeah, check out my my playlist. I, Dante, is popping. You can shake your ass to that this weekend. Coming up. I will. When you are headed out to to party and and, and, and participate in all the other shenanigans. Um, So, yeah, I, Dante, on Spotify. Happy belated birthday, Latavia. We see you, girl. (laughs) When was her birthday? November 1st. Oh, okay. Shout out to her. Yeah. So that was, well, yesterday for us, but not for y'all listening. Yeah. So, what's up, P. Ryan? We are at the end of another great show. Although we've come <laughs> to the end of the show, still I can't. <laughs> Wait, that was like, what the fuck? Let go, it's unnatural. So... <laughs> 
Yes. Before we close the show out, y'all know what we have to do. What we gotta do? P. Ryan, are you hung up? Are you hanging up? Wait, you're making me go first? Yes, I am. Why? <laughs> no, why? You're just making me go, go first. That's fine. I will. You don't want to go first? I can. It's okay, fine. Go. Um, so, <laughs> I was first gonna hang up on um, white women and their tendency to try to assert themselves on the job. But, you know, I'm trying to live in positivity, so fuck that, okay? <laughs> I am going to be hung up um, on five gentlemen who have come into my life and have changed it tremendously for the better. Um, mm. When I was younger, one thing I used to pray about, even though I love my sister to death, like I actually prayed for a sister, but after having a sister, I was like, oh, I can, this prayer thing works, I can do it again, right? I was definitely young. Um, and I used to pray for having an older brother or a brother in general before I understood what reproduction was and how it works. Uh, but it's so funny how God works because it took for me to become 26 um, slash 25 in that span to actually gain not only one brother, but to gain five. And I just want to shout out my line brothers mm. because um, in, it's now November 2nd that we're recording, but on November 6th, we'll be celebrating our alphaversary. And the day after y'all hear this. Yeah. And I think about these young men and I'm just, I think about these men, these amazing men. And I just think about how they've impacted my life. And I didn't, when I first met them, the first thing I felt was anxiety because I was just like, will they even fuck with me? Will I just, you know, do what I need to do to get through this organization and not really build, you know, a relationship with them? But the things that we've gone through both in and outside, not only the process, the organization, the brotherhood, I can say that I've built individual relationships with each and every one of these five men. And I, again, would not be the person I am today if it was not for them. Wow. They keep me encouraged. They keep me accountable. They, they hold me down when I felt like nobody would, you know? And they force me to be myself. Like, there are times when, with some of them, I'll have conversations about being less of P. Ryan or being less of Patrick. And they're just like, why would you ever do that? Right? And to hear that from, like, heterosexual black men... It's just like, it's something, you know? Mm -hmm. That's love. That's real. I love them to death. And like, I can't, I know this is only like our year one. Like we're still babies in the game by far. Um, but my love for them is truly eternal. And I can't wait to see how we grow together. That's what's up. Yeah. I see them in my life forever. I, I like, <laughs> sometimes I think about us being 60. <laughs> and how we're gonna have like that old uncle laugh like I just I love them I really do I think that's how a lot of us think of our line brothers like yeah. it's just those relationships that we have for the rest of our lives yeah that's what's up I love them <laughs> shout so out to you and your line brothers thanks shout out to my ADP and happy anniversary. thanks boo see you Saturday <laughs> yes okay <laughs> I'm in there we turning up I'm, no I'm I'm sick <laughs> I'm gonna watch you turn that. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you and Sterling for everything. 
Yeah, we got you. I we didn't lie. You. Every time I see your face, my heart smiles. <laughs> we love you, boy. I love so you. So crazy. <laughs> so what about you? Man, first of all, I'm hanging up on them damn bugs that I got to walk past every day from the train. It's tearing my damn head up. Let me tell y'all what's going on. You sound like someone's auntie. What <laughs> bugs are you talking about? So when I, when I get off the train, I have to change my route because... When I get off the train, I walk up this block that's, like, lined with trees. Well, it's not lined with trees. It's just a section of it that is. And for for whatever reason, the trees just harbor all these damn nets. Hmm. You, you ever see, like, a um, like a whole colony of them just kind of swarm together in, like, certain sections, and you try to avoid, like, walking through them? Or I just think this whole little strip is just, it's just covered. The, the trees are covered with nets. And I've been noticing when I walk through, I'm like, what the fuck? My head be stinging all over my head. It's just like I feel like pins and needles all over my head. And I feel like these damn nets be eating my damn head up. So I'm hanging up on the damn nets. Oh, my mercy. <laughs> um, I'm finding a different way to walk. Hell, the hell with y'all. Y'all trying to mess up my, <laughs> my, my stroll home. And I don't appreciate it. But on some real shit. I'm hanging up on Brianna Brochu. You can't hang up on her. You need to send hands to her household. Well, okay? she's going to catch hands. Send hands. Because where you going, girl? They okay. going to get you. Okay. And I hope they do. <laughs> they going to get you. Tell them why you got in, sis. And, right. And, 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 and with that, I, I definitely want to shout out and say that I'm hung up on Miss Chanel Jazzy Rowe. Shout out to you, girl. Mm-hmm. I got something Beautiful for you a little Jamaican bit later. Girl. Beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. I got a little something for you later. But I'm sure you all have heard the headline, college student arrested after allegedly, well, it's proven, allegedly rubbing used tampons on roommate's backpack. If only that was all that this sick, vile, repugnant, intolerable, trash individual did. Okay. Let's 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 get into this just a little bit. This platypus-looking gutter snipe is being charged for putting moldy clam dip, which I ain't gonna hold y'all. I had to look that up because I don't. I didn't know what that was. Right. I didn't really know what that was. I was like, is that clam chowder? Basically, it's it's a clam dip and that had gone bad and spoiled. She was putting it. And Jazzy's face face lotion. That's fucked up. Like, what is wrong with you? Evil. That's number one. Number two, she was rubbing her dirty tampon blood on Jazzy's belongings, like her book bag and stuff. She said she saw blood on it, but she, like... Or she didn't realize blood was on it because she had other bags that she was using. Right. So imagine, like, how long that was sitting there. And she was just, like, her face was next to it. Child, you know, come on. Jazz is a better it's, Christian than me because let me to let you know, I would have called up some homies and we would have beat her ass before I called anybody's police. Yes. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now. Like my heart was growing yeah. while she was talking about this. Is this is crazy, and and her video is really touching. If you all haven't seen Jazz's uh, Facebook video, you should definitely check it out. But she she put the moldy clam dip in her in her lotion. She rubbed the dirty tampon blood on her book bag. She stuck her toothbrush. Up her, her dirty, funky asshole. Ooh, and ooh. she was spitting in her, like, cond- like I was going to say her condiments, but in her, her coconut oil. But speaking of her condiments, she was tampering with her food and with her, and with her utensils as well. 
This animal then went to social media to boast about the bullshit that she did. She did. So this is what she said. This is one of her first posts. Finally did it to you. Finally did it. Your girl got rid of her roommate. After one and a half months of spitting in her coconut oil, putting moldy clam dip in her lotions, rubbing used tampons on, which, by the way, on was misspelled in her post, on her backpack, putting her toothbrush where the sun doesn't shine, and so much more, which is, that's the sad part, and Jazzy even mentioned it, like, we'll never know what the so much more was. Mm -hmm. That's the really scary part. I can finally say goodbye to Jamaican Barbie. That post got quite a bit of attention, and a few folks who knew Jazzy personally basically put her down to the post, and that's how the story broke. Mind you, Jazzy had already moved out of the room and was trying to move on with her life. She didn't know that any of this had even occurred. Child, I would have moved back in and whooped that ass. You know what I'm saying? No, I would have called my homegirls up and be like, we just got we to handle something. And no matter what the outcome is, hey, we just got to roll. You said, we are, I'm going to move back in. And whoop that ass. All I could think of when listening to this video was, girl, did you beat that ass? And this is where I know I need work. Okay, because for her to just move on with that and just press charges and be okay, right. couldn't it be me. We aspire to Mm-mm. be you, Jazzy. So here's a little bit more evidence for you. Apparently, Brochu also made. She actually made several Instagram posts, and that's the really sick part about this. People that are people liking, were liking it, it yeah. and commenting yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, and no one said anything. The only person that said something was Jazzy's friend, who was actually concerned. Like, you need to check this out. So, I'm, I'm, this is a... Uh, and didn't she say the RA even came to her and said, girl, what's this? Yeah, it was a RA, and I think she said, I think she said it was a friend and two RAs that, that reached out to her. Um, so, on Brochu's Instagram, she posted um, a picture of a purse with a reddish brown substance and Brochu later confessed that that was the blood that she had put on there from her her dirty, her dirty tampon another picture was posted it was a plastic food container with a milky white substance with the caption of like this moldy clam dip I've been mixing it with her face face lotion she's posting this all on social media you guys the third picture that was on there was a, a piece of weed piece <laughs> That Jazzy had left out on her desk. I would have mixed the caption her moldy was, clam ass with these hands. Okay? <laughs> and the caption was, this bitch legit bought a, pe- a box of fucking hair. Now, let me just, let me let y'all know. Let me put Yo, y'all down fight to something Fight her. Else. Fight her. That should have been the, let the me, jurisdiction. Let me put y'all down to something else. It, it's, 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 it's definitely a shame that no one said anything about this. Right? Nobody. It's Absolutely a shame that the staff members actually told this girl not to say anything when she moved out of that dorm say room it. or that say they it. would retaliate against say her. It. Y'all got what's coming to you as okay. well. Okay. Fire them all. They don't deserve the free room and board. I'm just like, and, and, and something else I wanted to, I found out earlier today that the girl brochure actually had another, a separate Instagram page dedicated to her doing, check this out, y'all. She has a whole Instagram dedicated to her styling white girls with braids and dreads. Eric, we have to stop talking about this because I'm getting angrier and angrier at the moment because I feel brochure or brochure or whatever her name is. 
broke this shoe up that ass. That's she what's is not happen. an isolated individual. Mm-mm. There are many white people who are out here Your monsters. they can get away with these shit. They can treat black people like this or other people of color like this. And this is why I had said from episodes ago, show your hands. I will say in front of everybody, I have not fought a day in my life. Okay? I'm actually quite a peaceful person. But in the times that we are living in in today, Mm -hmm. when people think they can just take advantage of you and make you look like boo-boo the fool and do things like put your toothbrush that you put on your teeth up their ass, whoop their ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't ask no questions. Don't even say, did you do this? Whoop their ass and ask questions later. And then deal with the consequences afterwards. Okay? Because she's going to jail. You may have to serve a little time, but it's okay, sis. It's all right. Yeah, she's... It's evil girl. That is crazy. This Clam, is, is, first of all, you know you white as shit. Clam dip in your face cream. Not even tomato soup or some shit. Clam dip? So you went out of your way to go get some clams with some dip. Well, the thing about it was, was that it was moldy. Moldy And clam you're dip. putting mold in someone's lotion. That could have killed her. That put you... Or made her face react in some crazy way. Well, you're putting your had... pussy blood on her back. She had a terrible bacteria infection in her throat. Yeah. That took... Campus, um, the I guess like the the clinic on campus, like they had sure. no idea what was going on. They just knew that she had a really bad bacteria in her throat. This girl was sick, yeah, and and and, and was in a lot of pain. And this and, and this girl was actually like taking videos of her eating her food, talking Child, about if listen. she only knew where that fork was. I mean, it's just pure evil. Currently, she's been charged with second degree breach of peace and third degree criminal mischief. Um, both are misdemeanors, but the case was actually moved up yesterday, November uh, November 1st, I believe. Um, the case was moved up to the next court level because they want to prosecute her. Yeah. They want to give her more time. So Give her all the good time. Good riddance. Give her eternity. Remember last week good we talked about, we asked God, how long is eternity? Give her as long as God says. Okay? <laughs> give her as long as it. And I'll just say to Jazzy, um, who is beautiful, and, and like many of us... Keep thriving, sis. You know what? She has to go out in this world and do the best to thrive, having survived a life-altering trauma, yes. like a lot of us. Yes. So I just want to say, Jazzy, we stand with you. We stand with you. We and, do. And, and keep on pressing on, sis. And if you want us to roll up, call us. Okay? Roll up and then post up. Post? Okay. Bro, you... Ugh. Anyway, that's it. I'm done. My, I'm really upset because that shit pissed. I didn't even send it to you because I was so upset. Mm-hmm. How? Why do people act like this? This girl went to school to learn, right? She went to school to learn. It's no different than the people minding their business and getting mowed over by cars. Say so. I I can't like I. It's evil. Cannot. It's pure evil. I cannot. Y'all gotta y'all gotta get y'all life together. Y'all and, not living you know, right. I, I don't necessarily want to sound like I'm saying fight evil with evil but in these day and ages you gotta protect yourself don't let nobody just come in you don't fight evil with evil you just fight it and protect your body and protect yourself I, I have and I hope and pray that it doesn't turn to violence and, and equate to violence but mm-hmm. at the end of the day if but you have to protect yourself these people protect don't have no boundaries family, they don't clearly, have no boundaries clearly you know folks have no boundaries and they're willing to violate you talking about me ways, and saying like derogatory shit to me is one thing but to really know that you went through your menstrual cycle and wiped my bag with your vagina or wiped your vagina with my bag and jazzy, that is I crazy read, i read me. a couple of articles and jazzy was like 
she was feeding this girl's goldfish while she was away at home. Like, had no reason to be treated like that. No reason. Eric, I can't. But Jazzy, you're going to be good, girl. You're going to be good. And God is going to bless you tenfold. Yes, okay? he is. And that girl is going to get nothing good to her. I, I believe it. And I claim it on today. Amen. Okay. Child, that was another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. I don't <laughs> even know how I feel right now. I'm pissed. Okay? I am pissed. But as always, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. What's up, y'all? It's E. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. That's E-D-A-N-T-E-C-O-L-E. Find us both on Instagram and Twitter at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. Send us your emails at HungUpPod at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us as well um, on the Apple Podcasts and comment on us on SoundCloud. And we appreciate y'all that have posted comments so far. Y'all the bomb. Yeah, love you so much. Thank you for just making our lives better. By the end of each show, we feel so much better. For sure. Yeah. Peace out, y'all. Love you. My gosh, I belch. I'm so sorry. Bye. It's interesting because when we got together, we both knew that we were going to wait. And what we learned during the process was because we weren't being intimate in that way, we were able to really see each other for who we are. We were able to really spend our time getting connected emotionally, spiritually, being able to assess, can I spend a lifetime with you? If the sex goes up and down at certain times in our marriage, do I love you enough? Do I respect you enough? Do we want the same things out of life? Can we really be joined that way? And so what I realized in the past was most of the relationships that I went into, because it started off sexually, I didn't have the clarity or the discernment to see who the person was. Because the sex clouds everything. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Because the, the sex is good, so you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's my boo, I need to be near him, and you become um, physically dependent upon that person. You make excuses. Yeah. You're okay with stuff you wouldn't be okay with right. long-term. You know, it's, it's the stuff that I feel like a lot of times relationships last, you know, two to four years. It's because it's taken us that amount of time to figure out that we may not even like this person. <laughs> <laughs>